one. It's been a little bit behind, but there it Ooh, is. There we go, ladies and gentlemen. I know it's not Thursday, but SHI Tuesday or just SH Tuesday? Right. What's going on? Let's what? find what? out. Shut up and sit down. The Business Bros Podcast was created for you. Learn from the business professionals who come to share their stories. Find out what's working in business and social media, what's hot and what's not, straight from the mouths of successful entrepreneurs out there doing the real work. And now, welcome to another episode of Business, business. Yeah! <laughs> Ham, it is about that It is that time. time. All right, business pros! Before we jump into the show, a quick reminder to please subscribe on whichever platform it is that you're catching us on today. Give us a like, give us a follow, subscribe, and drop a review and help other like-minded business owners find value from our awesome guests, that side, uh, as we rise in those podcast rankings. We'll really, really appreciate it. We are so excited and honored to bring yet another incredible guest to the Business Bros Pod. Our guest today is a powerhouse coach, speaker, and author who is passionate about motivating job seekers to find their purpose, live their dreams, and step into their calling. She brings her personality to the table in an unsugar-coated, no-bull-shit language way, all the while <laughs> emboldening her badass readers to bridge the gap between their reality today and their goals of tomorrow. Just one week ago, she dropped her book, Pivoting with Purpose, The Hamster Wheel, The Rat Race, and Other Career Myths Holding You Back, which became an instant Amazon bestseller in 11 categories, not to mention 15 number one hot new release awards. In it, she urges her readers to get off the hamster wheel, get out of the rat race, and stop believing all those pesky old career myths. We can hardly contain our excitement to talk to today's incredible guest. So without further ado, joining us from Make Shit Happen LLC, welcome to the show, Melissa Mariah! Oh, I Welcome knew that was going to be a fun one. <laughs> yeah, that was a good one. That was good. I love the swear words. Am I allowed to swear on your podcast? Yeah. Go for it, by okay. all means. <laughs> Iron Man's not the only one that's allowed. Uh, yeah. yeah, I'm Melissa Merrill. Super excited to be here. Thanks so much. I, I am here in San Diego. So, San Diego, born and raised. I know you guys are too. So, represent over here. But uh, yeah, thanks for having me on. Super pumped. Well, we're not born, but we were definitely raised here in San Diego. Charger fans, even though they left, we still uh, we still root for the Chargers. Uh, well, but when they lose, it doesn't feel as bad. Like, yeah, yeah I'll give you an example. Uh, yesterday or Sunday, we were watching uh, Philip Rivers throw a couple interceptions <laughs> with the Colts, and we just laughed, and it felt funny because <laughs> there was no pain associated with nope. with the demons of football. Did, did anyway, they win yesterday? No, they lost think. it in overtime, just in oh, nice. traditional nice. Charger fashion. But uh, <laughs> all right, Melissa. Let's get into let's get into what you're up to. So so, what kind of shit are you getting into these days? So much shit. Um, basically, 2020 is a shit show in and of itself. So it's you know, how are you pivoting in 2020? That's typically the word that I've been hearing a ton. I'm sure you guys have probably been hearing pivot, pivot, pivot. If you've ever seen that episode of Friends with Ross Geller in the couch, pivot, James. Yeah. Pivot. <laughs> 
<laughs> that one right there. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, that's that's what everybody thinks of. Pat, 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 you know, and that's been this entire year. So basically, I started so uh, my third business. Let's get you hired in April. I got another DBA under my LLC. Started the new business. Really just dove right in and said, "Hey, people need jobs right now. People are getting furloughed, laid off, fired, terminated. All of these things left and right with COVID hitting. So how can I?" monetize that but you know hey it's fit for purpose right Don't so i started feel bad about making you're taking advantage we were on a break Yes, yeah, we, exactly. We're on a break. It just happened to be the break of 2020. But don't feel bad for for profiting. It, look, there's an opportunity. You're presenting the solution. That is a profitable transaction. For sure. Now, if you know what you're worth, then go out and get what you're worth. That's right. That's all you're doing. That's all you're right. Doing. Yeah, so super pumped. Basically just helping a ton of people figure out what the heck to do next. Do they even love what they were doing before? Do they want to stick with that? Do they want to wait for unemployment benefits to run out? Do they want to get a job now? You know, everybody's kind of in a different spot. So it's figuring out what's going to work for you specifically and um, really just setting the tone for how you want 2021 to go. Cause hopefully it's not a shit show. Hopefully it's not, but you know what? I, mean, I think, I think at this point we're in the fourth quarter already. This thing happened in Q1. You had a little bit of time to kind of think, ah, oh, it's all right. Everything will get back to normal to, okay, this might actually be the new normal to now where you're like, okay, look, we're going into 2021. This is just the way things are. So, uh, you know, we, you, you launched the book in the midst of a pandemic. I mean, what was your thinking behind that and how have you made it successful? Yeah. So the book really has been on my heart, on my mind for a good year or so um, back in the days of when we could have uh, in-person events and be belly to belly together out, you know, in all the amazing places that we have here in San Diego to meet up for drinks and, um, you know, meet up for live events. I had a networking group called Networking for Assholes and I had over 400. Uh, Sounds like your kind of place, man. <laughs> man, dude, I need to join that. How many assholes we got in this place? 400. We had 400 Yo. members. So, wow. Um, and that was local here in San Diego. That's how I was getting most of my clients for one of my other businesses. Let's get you organized. Um, but basically, I started to write the book based on networking for assholes. And it was going to be just a book on how to network like an asshole. And then that pivoted into, okay, actually, people not only need to know about how to network and how to um, you know, get their voice out there and personal, personally brand themselves, dress for success. All these things that were going to go into that book ended up going into this book. Look, I have it right here. It's real. Oh, nice. Um, <laughs> it exists, tangible in my hand. I know. Well, I think a lot of people put out like eBooks these days, a lot of downloadable PDFs and things, and those are valuable to some extent. But I'm such a like tangible paper and pen type person that I've got to like go through books and highlight them and you know write in the margins and all that good stuff. You're so a book ruiner. My wife is a book ruiner. <laughs> too <laughs> it's, it's the only way i like absorb the information otherwise it goes in one one you know part of my brain and out the other and i don't retain it so yeah um basically wrote the book during the middle of a pandemic but i pivoted away from networking for assholes when we couldn't hold events anymore and then now this is my new jam i wonder if the assholes would go virtual I'm sick of virtual events, to be completely honest. I mean, I, I'm i in Zoom meetings all day, every day, sometimes five to eight of them a day. I'm sick of sitting in front of this computer screen. <laughs> like, no offense I'm sick of seeing my face. <laughs> yeah, Tell I us know. how you really feel. 
Can we all start wearing like horse masks or like unicorn masks or something? You know that we're in October. That's like I that's was about to say, right? It's about to be yeah. Halloween. Halloween costumes coming at you. I'm going to be Louise from Bob's Burgers for Halloween. So I'm super pumped. I got the pink ears and the whole nine yards. (laughs) (laughs) Love it. Well, uh, all right. So tell me a little bit about what the book's about. You caught my attention when you were talking about the rat race uh, and the hamster wheel. Like I'm a, I, I love the idea and the concept that Kiyosaki puts out about the rat race. What do you have against it or why, why part, why make it part of the title? Yeah, so basically, I know I look like I'm 12 years old, but I worked in corporate human resources consulting for Fortune 500 companies for over 10 years. So I worked for big companies like Roche. They make Tamiflu, if you've ever had So you're flu. 20. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> but for 10 years, and then uh, just really burnt out. So I was in HR. I was doing a lot of layoffs and furloughs and payroll and benefits and just really boring crap that I just kind of found myself doing. It was like I went to college. I went to school. I got good grades. I got the dream job with the six-figure salary in my 20s. And that was supposed to just be good enough. And that was really feeling like I was in the rat race. So totally feeling like I would you know, eat, sleep, drink, go to work and come home and do it all over again, Monday through Friday, and then spend all my money on the weekends. So would it be be safe to say that you were unhappy? You were content, but unhappy? For sure. On like a soul level, very unhappy, like miserable. I'd go so far to say miserable. So don't recommend that. Um, If you find (laughs) yourself in that situation, basically knowing that there is a light at the end of the tunnel and you can pull yourself out of that by just making simple shifts, simple pivots like Ross Geller with the couch. So you got (laughs) to. Yep. So. Okay, so so in your book, when you talk about the rat race, are you talking about uh, not being able to get out or using it as fuel to actually get out of the rat race? I think there's – so I have a full-time job now. Basically, I left uh, in 2017. I started my three businesses. I – had some issues with growing and scaling my companies with AB5 coming in and hitting the independent contractors out of my team, all that good stuff. So uh, basically I got a job. I went back into the working world, got myself a nine to five. However, it's very, very, very different than where I was in that miserable emotional state uh, a few years ago. I work for a startup. It's a great vibe. It's a great culture. It's definitely a different pay range, but I'm happy. And I'm fulfilled and I'm able to still pay my bills. So I think it's figuring out the balance of what's your purpose, what's your passion, what are you really freaking good at? And then how are you going to apply that to a nine to five without losing your soul in the process? All right. Well, tell me about uh, let's get you hired. What, what was What's that all about? So Let's Get You Hired is career coaching, consulting, slash job transition consulting. So really, this could be for people that are in their 40s that are like, okay, I've worked in IT my whole life, and I really freaking hate it. I'm over it. I know I have to work for 20 more years to pay my bills, but I really want to get into um, you know, marketing or something like that, right? When they're really making a clear transition and a shift, my job comes in where I help them figure out their transferable skill set, help them write a new resume, kind of sell themselves better. Basically, the whole world of work is changing quite rapidly from like a HR standpoint. So gone are the days of like the Times New Roman resumes, things like that, where nobody has a LinkedIn presence, nobody has a personal brand. These are all new things that are really valuable tools in the job market. 
So when you when you talk to somebody who's transitioning from a job, uh, what are what are some of the things that you're noticing out there now that we're living in a post COVID world and plus you know hit the fast forward button on on technology? What are what are some tips and strategies that you're helping with them to get them into a position where somebody will say, okay, yeah, I'm going to hire you over the other 25, 30 applicants. Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, we're in fifteen percent um, unemployment rate here in California at you know the time of this recording. So it's it's hard out there, right? It's hard out there for a pimp, but um, that's right. <laughs> but I made a clip for that one. <laughs> but, no, I don't got I don't got a clip for that one. That was a good one. Though. <laughs> um, but it's definitely hard, and so I think it's all about figuring out what your differentiator is. So, do you have a kick-ass resume? Do you have a resume that's online, like more of a digital profile? Like create yourself a free Wix website for cheap and throw your resume up on there. If you're connecting with hiring managers on LinkedIn, are you sending them a video clip, like semi-professionally done, like a simple background, like I have here, of why you want the job and why you're a great candidate? That's going to put you to the top of the pile. Um, anything that you can do to really set yourself apart. And I think that can also just be DMs. If you find the right person that you want to hire you on LinkedIn, you can totally dive into that as well and just send them a DM. Don't copy paste, be personable and differentiate yourself. I got a bunch of 17 year old kids that we go through a section where we talk about resumes and I don't even tell them to write one anymore. Like the resume, I, I, and I only do it because of my own perspective. When I'm going to hire somebody, I, I look at the resume for the contact information and maybe their email address. That's, that's about it. Cause I can Google the rest and I'm going to figure out who you are. If you are, if, if I don't know you, if you have no social media presence, you're more of a risk for me to hire than somebody who has a social media presence that at least I know who I'm buying here, right? Who I'm, who I'm paying for on a, on a regular basis. So I tell my kids, uh, something very similar to what you're talking about. And I mean, they're 17. So I'm like, now's the time to take a risk wherever you want to go. Right. It's different than the 40 year olds you're talking to that are transitioning. But for then I'm telling them, look, I don't care what you want to be. Go start talking to those people. Go start creating content in that space. Start building a name for yourself there. And you know what? You might get an entry position and you're grabbing people's coffee, but you have your foot in the door. And now you're getting to know everybody in that little space, everybody in that world. So when a job does open up, who's going to have first uh, first at bat at, at that particular position? It's going to be you because you positioned yourself as an expert. You've gotten to know people in the industry. Chances are that job might not even go to market. It might not get a listing out there if you're the type of person who can fill that position. It's almost like go out and create the job opportunity that you want versus go out and hunt for the job that that's available. Yeah. I love that so much because it's exactly like you said, where that job might not even exist. They might not even know that they need you until you come across their desk, whether that's in a DM or a video or online resume or whatever type format, or if you're rubbing elbows with them eventually when we can have events again, you know, you're, you're going out, you're moving, you're grooving, you're, uh, you know, shaking your way through San Diego and trying to network your little heart out. Um, it's harder to do that with the virtual events too. So that's why I'm not like a huge proponent True. of virtual events just for that reason is like you really lose that um, organic type conversation. It's more forced. Like we're going to put you in this breakout room and you're going to be forced to talk to these schmucks that like you probably don't even want to connect with, you know? So um, <laughs> I, I love the idea so of getting getting in front of the people that you really want to connect with that you know you can help and that you know you want to work there for sure. 
but we're in an evolutionary stage right now. Like for example, it, it's, it's the fact is, is this most people who are on zoom calls have never done video calls ever in their life. And now they've been forced to and put in a situation where I got to turn on the camera and they're worried about, you know, their makeup and they're worried about their hair and they don't even take into consideration, you know, the lighting, the microphone, the sound, every conversation is like you said, hundred percent forced. But I think we're evolving here. You know, when we started the podcast, it was two years ago there were a lot of people doing what we were doing. There were, there were, you know, I think it was, I think the number was something like a million people. It's doubled since March, the number of people who've started podcasts or who even have stuck their face in front of a camera to talk. Uh, and I think we're going to get progressively better. This isn't going away. This is mm-hmm. what it is going forward. Uh, and I'm wondering in your, in your, uh, conversations with people, as you get them, as you get them prepared, how important is it to be able to communicate to that little, little, in my screen, that little green light when it turns on. Yeah, 100% important. And I think a lot of times it's really easy to get distracted. We all have phones next to us. A lot of us are working from home. We have kids running around in the background. We have dogs barking. There's a ton of stuff going on. So it's really about minimizing distractions and figuring out how you can be present, how you can be engaged, close all your other tabs, put your phone in the other room if you have to, and just pretend like, the computer is a person because at this point, that's kind of the reality that we're in. And people know when you're disengaged, people know when you're not answering mm-hmm. questions correctly. Oh, hey, didn't hear that. You know, oh. of course you didn't because you weren't oh. paying attention. <laughs> oh. Oh. Right. Exactly. Like, like, come on guys. Like you, you are behind the camera. Yeah. And they're not really seeing you or, or my favorite one was, was when they, when they just disappear and it's just the little character or whatever that's there. And you hear their voice and you're like, bro, come on, like we're having a conversation here. Like, let's, let's just talk it out. Uh, you know, and, and I'm guilty of that myself. No, no, I, I don't need that. No. Yeah. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And you don't mute yourself. That's the worst is like when you're oh. on like a group call or like now people are doing panel interviews, right? Because, you know, typically you've got the, the, the VP, the CEO and the CFO that want to meet with you. If you're like a startup, for example, you've only got, you know, a 10 person show, you're going to meet with this higher level type folks. That being said, like there, some of them might be on video. Some of them might not be on video. So that makes it even harder to have to talk to the little green light at the top mm-hmm. of your computer, because there's not even a human there that you can't see their facial expressions, their body language. Are they nodding? Are they going to the bathroom and they're not even in front of the video anymore. Like you have no idea. So I love yelling at people to just turn their video on every single meeting. <laughs> I agree. I'm, I'm honestly, I'm, I'm feeling that too. Like it, it is, it is this new normal that we're, that we're all experiencing. And like, I'm going into meetings and just starting the camera and, and hoping that people will jump in because we're not able to get in front of people. We're not able to walk into anybody's office anymore. We're not able to do all these different things. This is what we have. And it's so much more valuable. Like you're saying, Melissa, to be able to see the body language, to be able to see if they're smiling, to be able to see if they're distracted or, you know, whatever the case might be so that, you know, when you're engaged, you know, when you have the attention. Um, I, I do have a, a question. Maybe I, I might be taking it a different direction, but part of the title of your book is career myths holding you back. So can you touch on that? What are some of the career myths that are that are holding people back that you talk about in your book? 
Yeah, so I'm a first-generation immigrant. I come from Turkey. I have dual citizenship in Turkey. My whole family lives there. My dad um, moved here, got citizenship, married my mom, and basically was taught, I was taught to go after that American dream, which wasn't entrepreneurship. I'm the black sheep of my family. Nobody in my, <laughs> nobody in my uh, entire family on both sides is, is an entrepreneur. So um, I think for me, it was really cutting those anchors and, and rewriting those stories. We all write stories about ourselves. We all write stories about our experiences. We make up shit in our head that we think is true, but it might not actually be true. It's just something we've told ourselves over and over and over again. For me, that was go to school, get good grades, get a good job and then stay there stuck and basically like start the family, get the house, have the white picket fence, have the kids. And it's okay to be miserable. It's okay to live a life that's just good enough. It's okay to just say, well, you know, it's paying the bills. So I just continue to go every day and hit my head against a wall. Um, that's typically the career myths that a lot of people believe that I've noticed in the American culture and just with the work ethic here. So it's kind of the idea of not killing yourself over work and actually working, working to live and not living to work. I like that. So in other words, you get 16 hours of your day, but eight hours belong to that other guy that gives you the money to, uh, sleep, eat and enjoy the other 16 hours of your day. <laughs> That's yeah. stuck. All right. You know, what? I'm going to take a quick little, uh, timeout here, a little plug. We did start another show. Make sure you guys check it out on a regular basis. You know, it's funny, oh, Melissa. Dancing. Yeah, he'll dance. It, it's funny that you were talking about, you know, uh, being on camera and and adjusting, you know, to this new lifestyle. Uh, and James and I were having a discussion this weekend and we were talking about podcasting and how for us, you know, for me anyways, the way I set up this whole show, I tried to mimic things I already saw that worked. I grew up watching TV. Right. That was me as a kid. There was no Internet type stuff. Right. So watching TV, I paid attention to the way shows were things like friends that I used to watch or cartoons or whatever. They the way they lay out a show is a, is successful. And it's a reason why it's on TV. It works. So when we created our podcast, we kind of mimicked this what somebody was already doing that is already successful. Um, are you kind of using the same type of strategy? You're, you're just kind of showing people, look, this is, this is what works already. Let's follow these proven steps and let's put something into play. Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, finding your values, figuring out your personal values, your likes, your dislikes, trying to soul search, journal, meditate, eat healthy, exercise, all these things. Like, it's not rocket science. It's like this stuff works and this is why you're hearing it on every Instagram post and blog post and article that you're reading on the news on Twitter. So it's like, Put it, actually doing it. And that's what I do as a coach is, is it's really that kick in the pants, that no BS, that non-sugar-coated, hey, if this is what you want and you want to get out of this job that you absolutely freaking hate or you're unemployed and your unemployment's running out and you're freaking out because it's about to be a crisis, then we've got to actually make shit happen and we've got to get some shit done here. So it's, you know, it's tough love, but it's definitely a, a proven path to get to the result that they want. But you're calling people out on their BS, right? And then that's that's important. I think we live in this fluffy generation of, you know, I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. 
you know, my, my wife brought this to my attention the other day and it, and it, and it didn't really dawn on me before until now. Uh, there's the kids are going through distant learning right now. And so there's this program called Flipgrid where the kid can essentially create a video of them answering a question or whatever. And the rest of the class can see it and, and they comment to each other. Sounds good and dandy. I have a lot of kids that don't do it. Right. And the, the, and she brought it to my attention. She said, the reason why they don't do it is because they're afraid somebody on the other end is going to record it where, uh, they're giving up control of their content by creating something that is, uh, at risk to, to, for other people to, to pick on. Right. And I think that, that is creating a generation of people who are just wusses like like come on like people have judged you from the moment you were born they might have said you were cute at the beginning and you got uglier as you got older that kind of happens to all of us right um you know and when you walk down the street you're dressed a certain way people will judge you first and then they will get to know you but we're losing that and, and and everybody's so afraid to be politically correct that they're not calling you out for the stuff that they should be calling you out for you said you wanted this result well, you didn't do X, Y, Z to acquire that result. This is where you messed up. And to, to tell somebody that's important, I had kids in, in class today not doing what they're supposed to be doing, hold them after class. I'm like, what's going on, guys? How can I help you? No answers because, you know, they're 15, 16-year-old kids, right? And then I'm like, look, here's the, here's the truth, guys. The reason why you're failing is because you are not, you don't want to do it. You can give me whatever BS excuse. I don't like distant learning. I can't do this. I'm having trouble. And then the truth of it is you don't want to do it. And, you know, and, and I appreciate and applaud the, uh, the no BS attack that you're, that you're giving your clients. Cause I think they need to hear that, but are you getting any pushback? Yeah, I think it, it all really stems from fear. So these are people that have been in the rat race for quite a while, or they, you know, they have been an entrepreneur for quite a while. They thought it was going to work out and they're still in mourning and they're still just, you know, playing victim on, on a certain level of like, well, COVID and pandemic and blah, 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 my industry and blah, blah, blah. And it's a lot of excuses. And so I think it's really easy to take that route. And that's definitely the easier way out is to stay living in fear and living in scarcity mindset of there's never enough. I'm not enough. There's not going to be enough. There's not enough jobs or hiring managers or whatever they're telling themselves. Again, that's where those career myths come into play where, oh, I have a good job. I'm just going to have to keep it. Or I had a great business. Someday that'll come back. That'll change this whole COVID thing. You know, everything will be normal by Easter, right? That's what we were all saying, you know, back in March. And then it was 4th of July. And then it was, you know, Labor Day and, the, and it keeps changing. And, and like uh, James said, you know, we don't know when it's going to pass. So it's about taking action and really getting out there and getting rid of that fear. I have a chapter in the book that's called Action Cures Fear, because if you're sitting there, and you're just twiddling your thumbs and you're just marinating and simmering and going over the same stuff in your head every single day, that's not getting you anywhere. You're literally not moving. You're going backwards, if anything. So it's time to actually take action and get out of that mindset. Losers always whine about their best. <laughs> oh, I wish I could write. I wish we could play the rest of that one. Winners go home. <laughs> but language. Language. You know, uh, it, when, you, when you mentioned that, it reminded me of uh, late uh, Senator John McCain's POW time. And they, they would ask, you know, POWs wh why they survived versus somebody else. And, and the, the person who ended up always passing away was always looking for that end date, right? Like, oh, we're going to be out by Christmas. And Christmas would come and mm -hmm. it would go. And we're, oh, we're going to be out by New Year's. And New Year's would come and it, they would would be gone they'd lose hope whereas the person who survived was focusing on surviving that day 
What can I do right now to survive? What can I do right now to make sure that tomorrow is a little bit better? And and I think that's one of the things that that a lot of entrepreneurs fail at. They're always waiting for something. I'll start on the Monday. I'll start on the 15th. I'll start on the first of the month. I'll start at the new quarter. I'll start at the new year. And it's uh, and they're lying to themselves. It's the hardest thing to admit, but you're lying to yourself because those days will come and then they go. And you're still in the same position and then you wake up and you're 40 years old or 50 years old and you start thinking about retirement and you've never done anything to get yourself in a position. So you start looking for that better job. And that's why we have to end up calling Melissa to let you get hired. Biz, right? <laughs> yeah. Some days, some day is not the eighth day of the week. It doesn't exist. That's what I always <laughs> tell my clients. So I like get, that. yeah, make sure it happen. Get it done. Some days not coming. Someday is not one of the days. I just days noticed, the by the way, that back there behind you, underneath the plant. Do you see that, Nun? I can't read it. What does it say? It says, says make shit happen. happen. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> like, happy fall or something dumb. It says make shit happen. <laughs> make shit happen. I love that. Melissa, before we go, can you tell people, uh, especially for our listening audience, how can they get a hold of you if they need help? Yeah, so I'm at let's get you hired.biz on Instagram and Facebook. I'm let's get you like the letter you hired on Twitter. I also have a LinkedIn company profile page that's easily searchable. Let's get you hired. And of course, my website is www.letsgetyouhired.biz. All right. And then uh, what about the book? Where can we find the book? So right now it's just on Amazon. I am trying to get it into Barnes and Noble, but it's only been a week. So give me a second and I will <laughs> get it there. Um, but yeah, it's a paperback version is 12 bucks on Amazon. And for the month of October, my launch special on Kindle ebook is 99 cents. You don't have to have a Kindle to read it. You can read it just on your computer or whatever device, uh, but it's only a dollar. So help a sister out. Boom. I like that. And real quick, what was it like writing the book and publishing it? I mean, it, it, you know, I hear some people always like, that was easy. I, I had a great publisher. It worked great. And I hear people like, that was horrible. It took me two years to write the thing. What well, what do, you, like? what do you think based on my answers thus far? Uh, I think you just made shit happen. You decided you were going to do it and then you just did it. Yep, 100%. <laughs> yep. I started writing it actually in June and it published technically published september 1st and then you know all the launch and all that stuff afterwards but three months get it done boom i love that that's right that's right just just you decided you and again i i can't even emphasize that enough taking action is always going to get you a result it might not always get you the result you intended but it will get you a result inaction will just keep you where you're at Right. Yeah. I mean, inaction is still doing something. It's just called doing nothing. It's just you're stuck at that one spot. But when somebody just does it, when you decide what what is it inside you that when you say you're going to do something, you just do it. I always tell myself that I don't feel that fear. I just say done is better than perfect. So like, yeah, is there stuff in here that I would have rewritten if I had two years to do it? Or if I, you know, that would have made things worse. I think I would have gotten into analysis paralysis and decision fatigue mm -hmm. mode. And I wouldn't have, you know, I don't think it ever would have launched if I got into that space. So I think you just have to say done is better than perfect. Get it done. I'm your huckleberry. That's right. <laughs> that's right. 
Well, Melissa, thank you very much for uh, coming on the show. Ladies and gents, just so just so you're aware, if you're interested in being on the program, I mean, we have an eight-week waiting list to be on the show, but we do have a last-minute guest list, and that's one of the things Melissa took advantage of. So just take a second, go to businessbros.biz slash last minute and register for that last-minute guest list. So when we have a cancellation, because it happens, you know, people's schedules, uh, you know, they change and they have to cancel for whatever reason, we'll send out an email to that last-minute last minute guest list and then it'll move you all the way to the front of the line melissa was scheduled for december i think originally was their next open spot but boom just like that she was on the last minute guest list and here you are on the business bros podcast so thank you very much melissa for hopping on here ladies and gents make sure you follow us at business bros pod and check out all melissa's stuff uh 99 cents on her kindle book so make sure you guys check that out and uh you know i'm gonna throw this up here we do this on Thursdays. I thought, man, it would have been a perfect show for you to come on on a Thursday. But it works for Tuesday, too. So we're just going to throw it out there. So happy it's Tuesday. Shit. <laughs> so happy it's Tuesday. So happy I got to pop in here and make shit happen with you guys today. All right. Same, same here. All right, ladies and gents, that's all we got for you guys today. Enjoy the rest of your Tuesday afternoon. Peace. Bye-bye. And we're out. Thank you for listening to the Business Bros Podcast. Are you looking to get more clients or to increase your income? Hernan, the Business Bro, can help you generate referrals through the power of podcasting. And James, the Insurance Bro with Pipeline Insurance, can help you effectively add insurance to your existing business. If you are ready to create wealth today and generational wealth for tomorrow, email businessbros at csfirst.com to schedule a free consultation or join the Business Bros Network, www.businessbros.biz.